everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie, where I'm driving the car and you're not. I don't know. Maybe that one works. Uh, got another one for you here for Giallo January. This is, an, this is one I have never seen before. So, uh, interesting watch. Just like uh, most of everything else we've talked about, this is on Tubi. And uh, just a warning, if you want to check this one out, it's in Italian, so you got subtitles. You got a problem with that? You cry, baby? You afraid to read and watch a movie? Well, don't let that hold you back. This is the Red Queen Kill Seven Times from 1972. And even though we know it's a giallo, they call it a thriller horror movie. Uh, directed by Emilio Miraglia. I uh, don't know if I'm saying that right or not. Mirag Miraglia, yeah. Uh, the director of uh, The Night Evelyn came out of her grave. Which is kind of ironic because one of the women in this movie uh, is named Evelyn. So, uh, <clears throat> you got that going for you. I could go into a whole list of uh, the who's who's that are in this from an uh, Italian cinema perspective. But I'm just going to give you two names of why you should watch this movie. One, Barbara Boucher, right? So we saw her in uh, uh, Don't Torture a Duckling from Fulci not too long back on the episodes. And then you've also got a very young Sybil Danning, who you see naked, you know, through most of the movie. Not that I'm complaining. But uh, there you go. There, there's your reasons for, for watching this movie. And uh, let's get into this. Uh, let's see. Two sisters inherit their family's castle that is supposedly haunted by the murderous ancestor. Uh, when their friends begin disappearing, the suspect that there might be some truth to the rumors. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is set up very well. Um... I was really surprised with this one. Uh, I did guess it right. I'll give you that. And that doesn't happen very often, but I don't know. Something something about the way this one was laid out just kind of made me stick with a certain person, and it worked. Uh, when it's all said and done, you know, the, the, the explanation is a little hazy. I don't know if they just try to round too much together. You know, like I said, the, you get a 20-second explanation. Well, there was a lot of information in that 20 seconds in this one. So, I probably need to watch it again or at least, you know, towards the end to get a real explanation of what happened here. But needless to say, this is a really good film. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, it shot really well, too. So, this is uh, this is not a a knockoff wannabe flick. This is 72, so this is kind of the height of uh, the Giallo films. And this is a good one. Um, it says here, I'm just reading more information, it was released over here in 1976. So there's quite a bit of, quite a bit of time between the two there of, of release. But um, it starts off, you get these two little girls that are playing outside, and you find out they're sisters. And uh, one of them named, named Kitty is playing with her baby doll. And she won't let Evelyn hold the doll. 
Well, Evelyn sneaks up and just takes the doll and takes off running. And they're in this huge estate. It's like a castle. And they run inside, and they're with their grandfather. And they go into his study, and they're running around. Give me my doll back. Kitty, you know, Kitty wants her doll back and all this kind of stuff. Well, Evelyn is kind of a wild child. And um, she stops and looks at this picture on the wall. And it's a pretty, pretty disturbing picture. It's two ladies, and they're two queens. There's a red queen and a black queen. And the black queen is stabbing the red queen in the neck with a knife, or she already has. There's a blood spot. The red queen, or black queen, is holding the knife. And Evelyn starts saying things about, I'm the black queen, and Kitty's the red queen. I'm the red black queen, she's the red queen. And they really have no explanation of what this picture is, but they've seen it their whole life. And then all of a sudden, Evelyn has a dagger that she pulls out, I don't know from where, and just starts stabbing the baby doll and tears it all to pieces, rips its head off. So she's just a mean little crap. And, uh, of course, it upsets Kitty. But then all of a sudden, the grandfather calms them down, gets them calmed down. And then they ask about, what is this painting? Can you tell us the story? And supposedly, it's a family heirloom that gets passed down about how this family has been cursed because of their bloodline back in the day. These two sisters that were queens uh, didn't like each other. And one killed, the black queen killed the red queen. And then the red queen would come back from the dead and she, she would kill six innocent people and then get her revenge. So that's kind of your setup for all of this, right? Well, then it flashes forward to them being grown up, right? And, uh, or it's just later on. Grandpa's in the bed. All of a sudden, this figure appears to him. And it's something in a, in a red cloak coming at him. And he is so scared he has a heart attack. Because, again, you've got the, the legacy or the, the curse of this family. So this figure comes in there and he dies of a heart attack. Well, that prompts the caretaker to uh, to call all the family in. So they call uh, Kitty, who's in America, to come back and, you know, prepare for, you know, the burial and all that kind of stuff. They can't get a hold of Evelyn. Well, there's a reason why. Uh, so they get together and they start looking at, you know, there's going to be a wheel being read. And this is the precursor to that, saying that, you know, with everything that's going on, when all this is settled and, I, and I'm buried, then my estate will go to, you know, the grandkids and all that kind of situation. Which is always a, a plot device, right, for these kind of movies. It's always an incentive. Um... But when people start asking where Evelyn is, she just says, well, she's in America somewhere. Well, we get a vision. So the caretaker, I guess, knows all this stuff too. And her husband that pretty much live in the estate with Grandpa. 
taken care of. And uh, they know that years back that uh, Kitty and Evelyn, maybe a year or two years before, don't know the whole story here, but they were definitely, you know, in their 20s or whatever. But the two girls are in a fight, and Kitty shoves Evelyn, and she hits her head on a, on a stone wall and falls off in the lake and dies. And it was accidental. And, uh, but they, the caretakers, everybody, they all covered it up, and they buried the body in the cell underneath the castle. And uh, so the, the problem is, is the caretaker tells Kitty that um, when she saw the figure in red that come in, she saw it leaving. She said it had Evelyn's face, which kind of freaks Kitty out, right? So from there on, you get this whole psychological thing, right, where uh, is it the ghost? Is it the spirit? Is it the curse of the Red Queen? Is it Evelyn herself? Or is it somebody just using it as a device? Who knows, right? So that's kind of the uh, the setup for the rest of this movie, which is done really well. And again, there is a lot of plot twist in here. You get a you get a jealous boyfriend of Evelyn's that's just wanting to know where she is, and she th- he threatens Kitty all the time at knife point. And uh, so you got that situation going on. You got everybody that works with Kitty at this uh, fashion studio, which is where we meet uh, uh, Sybil Danny, who's Lulu in this movie. And in the studio, everybody's sleeping with everybody, right? So, uh, Kitty's like a photographer for the company. She's messing around with one of the guys that's one of the executives there. Uh, Lulu is sleeping with the head cheese, I guess. And all these guys are all, you know, have family lives and stuff too so a lot of a lot of naughtiness going on but uh people start getting knocked off one by one not without giving out you know too much away but uh man there is one scene in particular that i was really impressed with and uh i'm not gonna give it away but it has to do with somebody crossing a wrought iron fence, right? The gates that are real high. And, uh, wow. I just, I, I don't want to give it away, but it is, it was impressive. I'll just leave it at that. And, uh, one of the best, best death scenes I've seen, I sound like Mike Tyson there for a second. One of the best scenes, uh, one of the best, best <laughs> death scenes on a fence I've ever seen. I'm even counting sleepwalkers here. Uh, sleepwalkers is pretty awesome, by the way. That death scene on the fence, that's that's pretty wicked. Uh, but this was just, I was really surprised that, because, you know, normally these, these, these giallos, it's, it's a lot of knife-stabby kind of stuff. This one's pretty rough. <laughs> you know, for the most part, most of the deaths are pretty standard. You get some gunshots, you get some stab wounds, but uh, man, this one I had to give it up for some creativity here. It was pretty awesome. 
Uh, Boucher, always awesome. Great job. It's weird seeing her playing more of the straight-laced person, right? I'm used to her being a little seedy. And uh, she's a little goody two-shoes in this one. And uh, this is really messing with her, too. And she's getting phone calls, right, from her dead sister saying, I'm going to kill you, too. So this thing gets pretty thick, pretty fast. Again, I was really surprised. I expected a lower-tier movie here. It's really good. Really, really good. So, again, don't let the subtitle thing hold you back. See if you can figure this one out. Uh, I don't know if it's just because I've seen enough of these. It kind of clicked for me on this one. But, uh, yeah, give this one a shot and see if you can figure out what's going on. And, uh, you know... I got, I got, you know, what was happening right, but all the details I kind of missed. But for the most part, I figured it out. I got it right. So I'm happy with that. But more than that, I was just really impressed with actually how good of a movie this one is. So give this one a shot. And again, it's on Tubi. It's for free. And uh, not disappointed at all as, as far as a rating. Uh, you know what? I'll... I'm going to give this a 4 out of 5. That's how much I like this one. For a first-time watch, that's that's pretty good. So, now, of course, over time, it could probably drop a little bit, but I really enjoyed this one. So, give it a shot. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Till then, folks, we will see you next time. Check you later.